very few adopted parents were treated with that specifically. Uh, just people don't think about it. Adoption trauma is usually only one way it's perceived. That's not true. And ideally to me, I would want to treat everybody, which is everybody, all the adults and as many children as possible. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders making a difference in our community and beyond. Joining me today is Dr. Eugene Lipov. November is National Adoption Month, and it brings awareness to PTSD among adoptive parents. Dr. Lipov is an expert on his own experience with trauma in an adopted family. PTSD expert Dr. Lipov, he's a board-certified physician in anesthesiology and pain management, and his family went through years managing the trauma that came with the adoption of their son. Research shows the adoptees are four times more likely to attempt suicide than non-adoptees. PTSD is common among adoptees as they often come from challenging environments, often leading to trauma for new adoptive parents. An Oxford study found 1,900 cases of child-to-parent violence in a year period, but experts say the results are severely underreported due to the taboo nature because parents will often not report out of fear of legal consequences for their children. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lipov. I'm so glad to meet you. I've got to do some interviews with your colleague, uh, Dr. Springer, and I love what you're doing at the Stella Center. So why don't we just jump right in with what we're talking about today, parents of adopted children. Perfect. So I think a lot of people think of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, not the term I like, by the way. I think the term should be termed post-traumatic stress injury, and we could talk about that later. Let's stick to the term that most people heard about it. Most people think about it, the curse secondary to war or sexual abuse. But what people don't really think about it is as a adopted parent or of adoptees, a lot of times the parents go through trauma. It could be called secondary PTSD or from the children being adopted, a lot of times get traumatized by the process. But I think it's really important to think about that the parents also get PTSD and they have a lot of the symptoms of PTSD. One of the signs of it is you can see how high the divorce rate is in adopted parents. Wow, I didn't know that. What's the statistic? Probably in the 70s, 80% rate. The reason I know about it is because I'm an adopted parent. My wife is as well, obviously. And then we have met a lot of other adopted parents. And then they've struggled a lot, especially when they have some of the adopted children are typical, meaning there's no real difference. But when they're, they're atypical, so sometimes could be very violent, could be all type of other things like reactive attachment disorder, all those things lead to severe strain on the family. Yeah. So did you have other kids and just one adopted or what was your situation? No, just one adopted child. As, a, as I told my wife, we have to close the factory now. We, we got, <laughs> we've been married for a while, but we adopted one child and Frankly, that's all we could really handle. So tell me about parental trauma. Well, I think there are two types. And again, I'm not claiming to be a psychological expert in that type of trauma, but I do know a lot about PTSD and which can, we can talk about that. A lot of times the behaviors of adopted children could be very violent or threatening. So I think that's one type. So when there's a direct assault, like a physical assault, that's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. When there are threats, that's another Pretty straightforward. You don't have to really figure that out particularly. 
uh, it could be very frustrating because sometimes the communication is off because you really don't understand why when you're being nice to a child, why the child is being very nasty to you. And it doesn't have to be physical assault. It could be verbal assault just as, so it's very frustrating. Also, a lot of times, some of the adopted children use love as a weapon. They deny you love. One of our very close friends, unfortunately, has been going through something like that. And it's very painful for her because she's committed to the child, but the child is trying to manipulate her to get whatever. All of those lead to disappointment. It's also scary because you think how they're going to be as an adult. And as parents, we're not here. We cannot really help them how they're going to navigate the world. And most people I've met for adopted parents start with the best intentions. But then 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, they're looking at it's like our family's wrecked. Our, let's say, biological children now are suffering. And then we're getting a divorce. How did we get here? So do you have a recommendation for parents of adopted children? Of course. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> you know, I, my, my basic training was in surgery. So I, I believe in getting to the root of the point and just moving on instead of talking about it. I was fortunate enough to develop a treatment for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. The first publication was 2008. It's called the stellar ganglion block. It's an injection in the neck. And that seems to reboot the system to the pre-trauma state. A large number of special forces have been treated with that so far. I think about 4,000. In fact, I'm here in D.C. to meet with some SF uh, personnel that I've treated and we may be treating in the future. Through that, I became very cognizant of secondary PTSD, where a soldier goes to war, comes back, and then is a difficult individual, shall we say, to the family. So that can induce something called secondary PTSD in child as well as a mother. And so the whole family is a problem. So I've treated the soldiers and or Marines or other sections of military. And what I'm finding is, so now the, the man, let's say, is better, but the woman is still traumatized. So that now he feels bad. She can't help herself. So the relationship is still destroyed or significantly strange, shall we say. So from my personal experience, my father had PTSD from World War II, and he gave that PTSD to myself, my mother, and my brother, which led to eventual suicide of my mother. So I've kind of got to see how that works. So being an adopted parent, now I realize how it affected my wife and I. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm very interested in that particular topic because it's so near and dear to my heart. And so basically you can think of PTSD as something that's infectious. So if one person in the family has it, there is a saying, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. Mm. The idea, and we're starting to do this, we're starting to treat the adopted parents. We're using Stella Gangling Block, the same thing we do on military personnel, sexual abuse, sexual trafficking, victims of a crime. There's no difference. Because the brain doesn't make a difference. It doesn't really matter what caused the PTSD state. I have a couple of questions. I know what the ganglia block is, but will you kind of explain it? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I'm an anesthesiologist. So I've been doing a procedure called stellar ganglion block. It's basically numbing up fight and flight system that's connected in the neck and what controls norepinephrine or adrenaline, which is like the response syndrome or hormone to trauma is in the neck. So if you can put local anesthetic and numb up the ganglia or those nerves in the neck. It seems to reduce norepinephrine in the brain. Mm. And if you can calm that down, then people are no longer in hyped up state. So the response will be more controlled, calm, and collected. People can sleep and they don't get triggered as easily. So I'm sure you're aware of the triggers when somebody 
have fought for a number of times, number of years, and now just saying one thing can lead people to go crazy. So if one person comes down, the other one a lot of times come down. And that's where the stellar ganglion block can work. And an injection of local anesthetic in the neck, we've modified the protocol over the years, can last for months or years, which is really great because the compliance is really high. You don't have to keep coming back all the time. So you do this on mostly adults have have like I think a lot about foster kids and their trauma. They don't even know what it is. They're just constantly reacting. <laughs> is, right. Have you ever done this on kids and does it help? So, yes, I've done it on kids and yes, it does help. So uh, the youngest I've done, I think, is about eight years old. So we've done, we've done about 20 kids at this point under 12 and I would say success rate seems to be in about 70 percentile. In adults, in the, it's in the 80s, mid to high 80s. But children's sympathetic system actually develops about two to three years old. Mm -hmm. So potentially it should work the same. And we've, we've had some pretty remarkable results in some people. Sometimes, uh, from what I understand, they may need a second one. Yeah, so if it doesn't work, we flip to the other side. That's oh, true. Oh, okay. We start the right side. If it doesn't work, we go to the left side. Okay. But the question is how long will it last? It depends on how much trauma somebody goes through and depends on their biology. And do they have to know what their trauma is? No, this is not talk therapy. What connected you with that? What made you think, oh, this will work for veterans, this will work for... Yeah, so <laughs> you're asking, why did I start doing stellates for PTSD? Yeah, because it, it was already a thing for like migraines, right? No, it was a thing for, well, for pain, migraines sometimes, but hand, burning of the hand, typically. PRPS, complex regional pain syndrome. So it was a thing, as you say, <laughs> since 1925. The first time I've done it was 1987, which has been quite a while. But I was doing patients who had hot flashes. My brother came up with the concept that this burning hand and burning everywhere like a hot flash block should work. So I said, okay, so we tried it in the patient and took away the hot flashes. So it's kind of interesting. So then I published and then it worked well. Then Chicago Tribune wrote a pretty nasty article about me. I knew I was in trouble when they said this beautiful breast cancer survivor, Bianca Kennedy, led Dr. Lipov plunge a three-inch needle into her neck uh, because she was so desperate. Now it works, but we don't know how it works. And then other people gave me grief. So that led me to read a lot of articles. One of them was from Finland when they were doing T2 clipping, which is basically putting a trocar on the chest there is a nerve, there's a fight and flight system nerve here to take away hand sweats. And they found that PTSD went away. So then I looked up the anatomy. Turns out this is connected to the neck and mm -hmm. neck is connected to the brain. So instead of sticking anything in the chest, putting a needle in the neck was much easier. That's why I did it. Wow. And so have you had this done to you? Yes, five years ago. So you know firsthand that it works, not just because you've studied I'm it. I'm a believer, absolutely. Oh, yes, wow. very much so. How I was able to goes through the ward and I was actually my psychologist was really happy with I was able to kind of reach to the places that would have bothered me which I wasn't aware of. Somebody is listening and they're an adoptive parent or maybe there's somebody with that's been diagnosed with PTSD. What's their next step to do this process? Yeah, take a look at stellacenter.com. I'm a chief medical officer and we have sites now in about 33 states. I hear you and have one in uh, Seattle now too. That's what I hear. Mm -hmm. That's true. And we have three in Australia now also. So go to the webpage, sign up and... Well, take a look, see what you think. Mm -hmm. You know, be as informed as you like. There's a lot of information out there. Testimonials too. There's plenty of those. Mm -hmm. 
but there's decent amount of literature published as well. So if people are interested, you know, there's all types of people who would be interested in that. People who just go, testimonial sounds great, but then, you know, what's the science behind it? Why does it really work? Is there anything in actually in writing? But actually, there's a decent amount in writing and a number of especially special forces, I was saying, have been treated with that. Very few adopted parents were treated with that specifically. Uh, just people don't think about it. Adoption trauma is usually only one way it's perceived. That's not true. And ideally, to me, I would want to treat everybody, which is everybody, all the adults and as many children as possible. Typically, we stop at eight. We don't go younger than eight. Oh, okay. I know people that have adopted kids and it turns out they had fetal alcohol, you know, things that you don't necessarily know, especially 20, 30 years ago. And right. um, one family every night when they go to bed, they lock their door, their bedroom door from the inside. Uh, it did turn out these kids turned out okay, but there were some really traumatic, scary times for them. That's and, what I mean. Yeah. Scary for everybody. And people like at church are like, oh, you're so wonderful. You adopted these kids. And they don't want to like go around saying bad things about their kids. So it's kind of this silent suffering in a way. If you think about it in many ways, it's like a better women's syndrome. It's very similar. I used to be a trauma surgeon, so I took care of bettered women. People come and they go, oh, no, 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 no. I just fell. I just fell. It's like, that's a nice shiner you got there. Oh, no, I just fell at nothing because they don't want to rock the boat because they also are afraid of boy be beaten up more but here you say oh thank you so much for adopting a child it's marvelous but then when they attack you or bite you then who are you going to share with and there is like a blanket of shame which is does not help PTSD in anything. So go to StellaCenter.com and uh, check into this. And whatever area you're you're in, if you go there, then they can connect you where you are. Is that correct? The closest yeah, it's, to you? We have central, yeah, we have a central kind of people decide. Well, first of all, people need to understand what's going on. Then they can talk to the intake people and then they can find you a doctor close to your home. Okay. And does insurance cover this? Not at this point. We're still working on that. Is it? Pretty expensive. It's about $1,600. That's not bad, really, when you think about that kind of relief. Well, comparing what it does and comparing the cost of medication and how long it takes, I think it's well worth it personally. That's why I liked it so much when I first heard about it was because so many people want to give you pills and medication. And I know that sometimes that helps, but to do something that's more physical with no side effects seems like really a a better answer. Well, what I like about Stella, first of all, I know how to do it. It's kind of nice. Nice. But the biological aspect of it is simple, uh, relatively simple. It works almost immediately. So you don't have to wait for months or years for it to work. Okay. And so before we go, I want you to talk about PTSD, how you would like to call it something else. Yeah. So the term PTSD, I believe, needs to be changed to PTSI, post-traumatic stress injury. Because Dr. Frank Albert, a very famous psychiatrist, really believed that it needs to be changed. And I believe the same thing, because if it's real, you can, you can actually demonstrate PTSD by scanning somebody's brain using modern scanners. So if you know where it's coming from, then it's, if you can actually see it, I think people will accept the treatment much more. That's the key. It'll be accepted much more. If you think of it as real, as biologic, I think people will stick treatment more as opposed to there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And don't you think that's what people kind of do? Well, I got PTSD. That's it. Yeah. Right. And the loss of hope and to suicide. Yeah. And what I know about survivors of trauma or domestic violence or any of that, they have this hypervigilance that they just... Right. They can't let down. They may not even recognize that's what they're doing. And so it seems to me like it 
takes that edge off and helps you be able to relax, but yet doesn't make you oblivious. Well, exactly right. I mean, you, you don't want to be in some kind of stupor. Uh, you don't want to be over-sedated or over-activated. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically what you want to do instead of being hyper-vigilant, you want to be focused and you can get normal sleep. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of times a stellar ganglion block will bring. As an adoptive parent, what would you want to say to somebody listening that's going, oh my goodness, he understands? Well, I think the first thing is recognition. Know that you can have PTSD like anybody else. And seek treatment. Doesn't mean it needs to be a stellar ganglion block. Talk to a qualified therapist, not for years. If it's not moving along, try to figure something else out. Mm-hmm. But realize it's there and definitely communicate with your significant other. At the very least, you can support each other. And that there are people that would understand. You may not be able to tell your neighbors, but if there's people that understand, at least then you've got somebody to talk with. Right. Also, there's Facebook groups and things like that. But I think professional therapists who actually are familiar with us will be very helpful. Wonderful. Well, any last words? Don't lose hope. Realize there is potential treatment out there. I think that's key. Well, thank you so much. And I love this work. I'm so glad that you figured it out. Thank you so much. For more information on the Stella Ganglia block, go to thestellacenter.com. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today as we hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.